Hi everyone, welcome back to the Hero Project podcast. I'm Sierra and today we're going to be talking with Annie from Yarmouth, Maine. She's going to share a little bit about her journey as a female athlete and the ups and downs that she has had to overcome and how how these struggles have really shaped her into the amazing woman that she is today. Let's get into it. Can you just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background? Okay, um, I've lived in Maine my whole life. I was born in Portland. I grew up for like the first eight years of my life down in York. And then I moved back into the Cumberland County, like greater Portland area in third grade. Um, I have a younger brother who's three years younger than me, and an older sister who's two years older. Um, I'm super close with, like, my parents and my family who pretty much live all in New England. And I am the middle child, and so I'm the epitome of a middle child. I've always did more things. I acted out when I was little. I'd cut my, I'd, like, cut my hair. And, like, go downstairs and show my parents that I gave myself bangs. Um, (laughs) And I would always just try and do things to get myself noticed by my parents. Um, Yeah, besides, like, that, like, what what were you like growing up? Um, I was a little tomboy. I always loved to go outside and play in the dirt. I would go searching in the woods for really good sticks and I would just make random piles of sticks in my yard literally like a dog um I thought I was gonna grow up and actually be a professional baseball player (laughs) um don't laugh um (laughs) my dad played baseball all throughout high school and like my older sister was not as into the baseball scene as I was but I was obsessed I would watch like every game with my dad I thought I was going to play baseball when I was older I didn't even know softball was a thing and I was in like all the little leagues with actual just like teams full of boys and um and then my dad told me that softball was for girls and baseball was for boys and I was like no way I'm not doing that give me something else to do um, and then I started playing lacrosse. Mm-hmm. So do you think your dad was, like, kind of one of your inspirations and, like, guidances to get into athletics? I think he definitely was. He would always just bring me out to do things that, like, a normal little tiny girl wouldn't do. Instead of, like, going to play Barbies with my friends, I would go fishing with my dad. Mm-hmm. I would go dig up worms and we'd go down to the dock and sit on our public dock in in York Maine and like fish for hours and then we'd go play baseball and then when I started lacrosse like my dad was one of the first people that dove right in and he didn't even know what it was um when he was in college and high school girls weren't really playing lacrosse yet but he went on YouTube and, like, just searched up, like, what's lacrosse? Like, what are the rules? And he he was as into it, if not more, than I was when I was growing up. After you began lacrosse, like, recreationally at a younger age, like, how did this transform um, into, 
like the level that you are right now, like what was kind of your your journey to where you are today on the lacrosse field? Yeah. Um, so I've been, I started, I picked up a stick in third grade. And so now it's been nine, nine years. And I think around fifth grade, I had this babysitter who was a sophomore in high school at the time. And she was a super high level player and her name was Grace O'Donnell. And then she went on to go play at Trinity College, but she just was my inspiration. She wanted, she was the most powerful female I'd ever met at the time. She played basketball and lacrosse and every time she'd come over, we'd go outside and we'd pass and she, she encouraged me to go out and play more. She encouraged me to find more opportunities to play. And that's when I started um, doing club and travel. And from about sixth or seventh grade on, I have been playing year-round lacrosse. And it's just boosted not only my love for the sport, but also like my intensity and my competitiveness. It's only made it stronger. How do you describe your relationship, like, with lacrosse? Like, is it, is it overall, like, a, a good one? Or do you think there's kind of ups and downs? I think it's a little of both. Like, lacrosse mm-hmm. is my escape. When I'm, like, putting my cleats on or walking onto the field, I leave everything else behind me. My coach just says always to leave it at the gate play like be present play play here play now but at the same time like at my level of lacrosse I've had so many disappointments as well as achievements I've been um cut from teams I've been told by coaches that I couldn't play on their team couldn't play on their college for various reasons like I'm not fast enough or I wasn't tall enough or there were just a lot of there was like a surplus of people that they liked better than me and so that always knocks me down a peg at first um but as I have grown and matured I've realized that Um, I need to figure out what's worth my time and if a coach is not going to want me on their team and actually like be happy that I'm there then they're really not worth it. So now that you've talked a little bit about lacrosse could you just go into a little more detail about your how you've kind of like learned to train and as your intensity in lacrosse like how that what training you've done um, with that and your, your relationship with working out? Yeah, so as I transitioned from, like, a younger age into high school, obviously everything um, everything got magnified. All my training became a little more intense, and it became more time-consuming. But that, like, structures my life in a really great way, and I'm really thankful for that extra time that I have the opportunity to, like, put work in. I have... A regimen of workouts that are given to us by our coach and then I have also in the past year taken up weight training and that is something that has really like empowered me in a an atmosphere that's predominantly male what do you think makes it so that there's more like it's like mostly males that are lifting and like why do you think that there's not as many girls showing up to do that I think that girls are very much stigmatized in a way 
uh, just from what society tells us, like, you want to be able to wear tank tops, you want to wear this, you want to wear this, and muscle doesn't always fit in with those things, and I think that is something that really sets women back from um, wanting to weight lift and weight train and gain muscle mass. Um, and at first, I was super self-conscious about it. I would go into the gym, I would leave, my legs would be shaking, and I would be able to notice like a muscle gain within a month or two and my arms like had actual muscles on them and that was something I'd never really experienced and now I'm so proud of it and I go into Mm -hmm. the gym every day wanting more I want to go in more days I want to go up in weights I want to be able to train like the hardest I can alongside males and I also want women to feel more empowered in order to do the same if that's something they've desired Mm -hmm. yeah I definitely like have a similar experience like I remember going into high school my dad was like okay Sierra like now it's time to start like weight training like this is really Mm -hmm. gonna be something that's gonna benefit you for like for the rest of your life if you start start lifting and I I was like I was like so afraid of it I was like I'm an endurance athlete like there's no way if I'm like bigger then I'm gonna like slow down and that's what I've heard like my whole life is that like muscle is weight and weight is gonna slow you down which is just like so false yeah um but yeah that's definitely something I think lots of female athletes struggle with like and it's just so interesting because like why like I just wonder like like why wouldn't we want to be be more powerful like muscle like makes us stronger and, and muscle, that's just a fact. And but. muscle is beautiful. Yeah. And, like, part of the reason I started weight training is because I'm, like, pretty small. Like, 5'2 or 5'3 mm-hmm. on a lacrosse field going up against defenders who, you know, most of them are tall. And that's something that high school coaches, they'll put a tall person on defense if they don't know where this, to stick them. And the same mm-hmm. thing happens in college. And so I got pushed around a lot. I, like, broke three bones by just being nudged by defenders and, like, falling hard. And now I'm feeling a lot more centered and a lot more powerful and knowing that, like, if I get pushed, I can just push back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I know, like, for me, once I started, started, like, gaining muscle and getting, getting a lot physically stronger, it was, like, it was hard at first, like, seeing, like, looking at my reflection and, like, like, seeing that, seeing that I had grown. Lots of this, like, part of this came with just, like, getting back onto health, like, getting onto healthy habits of eating and exercising, but also just adding in that strength training. Um, do you think at first, like, like, gaining this muscle, like, like, created some body image issues for you? Yes, yeah, it definitely did. At first, when I started um, just going up in my workout regimen, I I thought that that meant I should cut back on food. I thought that being healthy was working out and eating less and losing weight. But um, since that time in my life, I've realized that 
the only benefits you can get from working out are when you fuel your body with the right things. Mm -hmm. But at first, it created a lot of body image issues. I would be ashamed to, like, wear shorts. I started buying more baggy clothes. Um, I You would never catch me in... 2.5 inseam shorts <laughs> that's for sure I started wearing <laughs> boys workout shorts I would literally take them from my brother's room <laughs> to go work out in I know for me there's been moments where I'm like oh like if I go if I go farther if I go longer if I do a double session of that then like that's when I can like deserve my deserve my food deserve my fuel mm-hmm. and there's kind of just like there come becomes this in balance where you end up at least for me I would end up working out more and then eating less thinking that was somehow benefiting me um have you had like similar like a similar experience with that and like have you been able to kind of like battle that in your own ways yeah I have definitely had similar experiences where there would be days where I wouldn't spread out my workouts I would go on a run and then I would do a peloton class where it would be and I would be incessantly sweating and I would just think that fueling my body with water was enough um because I didn't feel dehydrated and I didn't feel sick and so I'd go on a run I would do a spin class and then I'd go and do like a huge strength Tabata workout and then I'd go outside and shoot lacrosse ball bucket after lacrosse ball bucket and this was sort of doing This was during, like, quarantine. Quarantine when I was pretty much just in my home for, Mm -hmm. like, two months. Isolated. Isolated. Um, That was the only thing that brought me joy and brought me to feel like it was okay to eat dinner. And I would start skipping meals in order to feel better about myself and feel like I was making progress with my body. Um and when quarantine ended it gave me more of an opportunity to see people who made me happy and do things other than working out and also food became more of a social thing for me which really helped me transition back to healthy eating habits Mm -hmm. I would go get coffee with friends I'd go eat with friends and that would kind of force me to normalize eating and it's such a normal thing and it's so um it's so scary that so easily it can turn into this enemy and this thing that I feared Mm -hmm. I think it can be really hard to first of all like at least for me to kind of come to terms Mm -hmm. that you're made that you're not you're not doing the best thing for your body and that takes it can take a lot of a lot of strength to like reach out for help from people and that's like the first step um and then it's just after that, like, putting in your own self-work um, to to prevent those unhealthy habits. But, like, what specific things or advice would you give that, that have helped you? Yeah. Um, it started out with, like, asking myself probably, like, the hardest question, which is, like, do you have a problem? And mm-hmm. if I was asking myself that, it was pretty evident that I did. Mm-hmm. And so I, it was really hard at first, but I seeked out help. Um, I got a nutritionist who has been like a rock for me. And she helps me get, got, she helped me get back onto the right track. And I also 
like made a huge effort to actively educate myself about what was happening with my body what the circumstances were and like what would happen and what the outcome would be if I continued to like stay on that path and so using all those resources I kind of just was able to backtrack on all of that negative thinking that had been like pretty concretely secured into my brain and I kind of chipped away at it every day and fought back and pushed back and said like no food is nothing to be afraid of food is a happy thing and like Mm -hmm. it just I came to terms with like I need to eat what makes me happy and I need to be happy to work out and Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna get anything out of all of the work I put in if I'm not giving my body the fuel that it needs to turn all of that work into muscle and Mm -hmm. into the results I've been wanting. Throughout the past two years I've had mental health issues and I used exercise um, this whole time as like an escape from it mm-hmm. in a place where after I finished a workout, I'd get the endorphins and I'd feel mm-hmm. super good about myself. And I was I was up in the air on cloud nine and being with my lacrosse friends were it was like the most amazing thing for me. And I actively tried to surround myself with the people that made me the happiest and that ended up being people who I I worked out with who I sweat with who I Mm -hmm. shared that that experience with of like working super hard alongside your best friends um and then that ended up not being enough and I did have to turn to um alternate sources of help Mm -hmm. like medication and opening up conversations with my family and Um, getting a therapist who has helped me work through a lot of that sort of Mm -hmm. just predispositioned um, psychobiological problems Mm -hmm. that I had. I'd never been to a sports psychologist or any type of therapist until until this year and so I'd use I'd be like oh if I'm stressed I can just go for a run like I can just work out Mm -hmm. Um, but then it just like gets to that point where it's like is that helping me or is that harming me and like what other methods can I discover that will I will actually help my help my mental health and help um relieve stress like I like I found that and whether it's just like yoga or like art or quick baking cookies or just Mm -hmm. like those simple things like have you like what things like that have have really helped you yeah um I started journaling last year and that has been such a great way to escape from um the working outside of things because I'm like of I'm like an entire person other than just my sport um I spend a lot of time with my friends my family um I'm also like a movie fanatic so like if I have a day where I don't have practice I will lay in my bed all day and like watch like five movies and that's what makes me really happy um I also like love baking and I do a lot of art. I I have a wheel at my house and I throw pottery and I just I love being covered in clay. I think as a competitive athlete for me, like I'm very I'm very type A when it comes to athletics. I'm like super competitive and just like very driven and I'm a huge just perfectionist. Not something that I've really been working on. Realizing that perfectionism can be like an like an angel and a devil and I think as I've grown up it's become a lot more of 
of a curse for me mm-hmm. and like trying to reach this level of perfection as an athlete has this been something that maybe you've experienced a little bit too like what some can you touch a little bit on that yeah um I don't know I I definitely am a perfectionist in a lot of areas of my life especially in school Mm -hmm. um I will go to the utmost beyond and extra places to like get what I want to get accomplished um in lacrosse which is super different from, like, the sports that you do, like, cross-country and skiing. It's all based on a time, Mm -hmm. and, like, a time is a standard, and there are good times, and there are bad times, and in lacrosse... Your time, like, defines you, which I think is, like... It's it's super interesting, and that, I think, is the difference between team sports and individual sports, Mm -hmm. and I have never really resonated with individual sports, because, um... Some I don't I don't think I'm I don't think I'm worthy of like being able to accomplish those things even though I know I totally could mm-hmm. but I just I work so much better around the people who are my teammates and who mm-hmm. I have relationships with and I find that your team just completely backs you up and I make uh, so many mistakes I will miss a ground ball I'll miss mm-hmm. a shot but then you have like 11 people standing around you who are wearing the same color jersey as you mm-hmm. and they're going after it to like help you rebound from your mistake and when I'm on the other side of things and one of my teammates misses something I'm like also right there to the most extent I can be to help them recover from that and I think that that's something that translates on and off the field like I'm a very like empathic supportive person and mm-hmm. I think that definitely comes from all the time I've spent on the field with my teammates yeah I think even as being competing individually I think like I'm still on a team mm-hmm. and I love competing individually I love being able to like work against myself and like being my own opponent and like pushing myself as hard as I can go but there is that there is that comfort and that beauty in being part of something bigger than yourself I think that can just be like so inspiring um in sports and can help me and that's helped me a lot like move past my issues with perfectionism because I've realized that the world and like sports are so much bigger than me yeah the mentalities are so different Mm -hmm. and I think that just being able to celebrate all of your own tiny little successes Mm -hmm. um that's what's gonna like make you happy and that's what's gonna make you motivated to keep going Mm -hmm. and even if it's just catching a ball that I like caught just out of nowhere on the field I'm like yeah damn caught that ball caught that one um also like weird quirk I like to make sound effects every time (laughs) I like catch or throw or shoot Mm -hmm. and for some reason that just brings me a lot of amusement Mm -hmm. and like people on the other team think I'm super weird but I'm playing a sport to make me happy and if I want to like say when I throw a ball Mm -hmm. I'm I'm gonna do it she's gonna say it I'm gonna do it and like I don't care if the person next to me like glares at me (laughs) which they do but but like you talked about like the importance of like team to you what was kind of your journey um through like the recruitment process and finding and finding a team at the collegiate level that that you're happy to be on yeah um I stepped onto so many campuses and I would either like feel an immediate welcomeness or just not the vibe I wanted just mm-hmm. depending on 
the way people were walking, how many people were walking together, like, um, everything about the first second I stepped onto a college campus would almost give me an immediate yes or no, and that was just me following, like, my innermost intuition, and then when I, like, liked a a college enough to go to a, to go to an ID clinic or to go meet the team, I would just really try and ask them about their lives outside of lacrosse because ultimately I knew I wanted to go to a Division three school and not be um, just an athlete. I wanted to have multiple dimensions. And so learning about what teams did outside of lacrosse was the most important to me. They, I loved it when a team would be super close and be friends outside of their sport they would hang out they would go do things um but then they also had this other side of them that were a part of other clubs and that that had other friend groups outside of their team that Mm -hmm. was like what drew me yeah for me finding finding the best athletic fit at a college a lot about kind of finding a place where it wasn't as intense as like I didn't want to, I didn't want a super, super too like a too intense place where I'd be like mm-hmm. drowning in athletics, yeah. not even able to focus on academics or like a social life or anything. You talked about earlier your that nanny that, or babysitter that you had mm-hmm. kind of introduced you to lacrosse and was just like a huge role model for you. What are some like now as you've grown up? Who are some of these like powerful women women role models that have really impacted your life? Yeah. Well, Grace O'Donnell has, like, continued to be one of, like, my biggest role models. I even, like, now that I'm older and I I feel like I'm more at a place where I understand her more and she understands me and we're more on the same level. Like, we go to get coffee, we have FaceTime calls, and, like, she was the first person I told when I made varsity my freshman year, when I Mm -hmm. made a certain team, or when I I asked her about colleges she visited because I was visiting very similar colleges to her. Um, so she has continued to be one of my biggest role models. And then a lot of the people who motivate me and inspire me are my teammates around me. Just like seeing the growth because I've been playing them with them year after year, seeing how we've all grown so much and how we all work so hard. Like that inspires me so much. Yeah. I always like to wrap up just like asking like through all the growth that you've had over the years growing up like what is what's some advice or just something that you would you wish you could tell your younger I could have told your younger self I think I just I would have told my younger self to never put anything else like above yourself I feel like that's something I've lost and regained recently um just knowing that like you are the queen and like you are given one life and if you're not doing something that makes you happy just to literally stop doing it Mm -hmm. if if I'm not enjoying a place where I am in life or like people I'm around or a sport that I was doing or some type of weird training thing just just don't do it Mm -hmm. and just learn how to respect yourself Mm -hmm. 
to the to the highest place you can. Yeah. Like, Almost finally. <laughs> um, is there something that you've like read or listened to recently that has resonated with you and that you think that like other other women should or is anyone should should look into? Okay. Well, like just like I've been actively seeking resources that can educate me about um the struggles that athletes face and I have been listening to podcasts I've been on live panels through organizations like the hidden opponent by Victoria Garrick whoop, who, whoop, 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 shout out um I listened to a live panel um a few evenings ago about um disordered eating and body image issues in type a athletes and it was a Q&A and there were nutritionists there sports psychologists and they really just gave these great insights and so just actually opening myself up to the whole world that there is mm-hmm. all surrounding this topic mm-hmm. has really helped me there's so many great resources now like mm-hmm. at the at the drop of a hat like most people have safari on their phone and like they can like look up things Mm -hmm. and learn is there any any last last words from annie any life mottos oh god yeah (laughs) (sighs) okay i think like biggest life motto or just important important words to yourself yeah it'd probably just be power words rar rar yeah um, which I, I share the love for the word raw with Sierra. Mm-hmm. And I think just actually complimenting yourself a lot. Like, mm, being like, yeah. oh, wow, you're a badass. Mm-hmm. Wow, we're, like, all this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I'm strong. I am beautiful. I'm a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes me happy. But then, like, okay, I'm going to wrap it up now. And just say that <laughs> <laughs> Sierra inspires me. She's, like... The sickest of the sick. She she is rar. Annie is rar too. <laughs> okay. She's my little tiger, little cheetah. Um, if, if if you made it to the end of this podcast, <laughs> if anyone made it to the end, I just want everyone to if they take anything away from this, just go look at themselves in the mirror tonight or this morning or any type of day you're listening to, and just pump yourself up. Say. You're a badass, like Annie said. You're beautiful. Flex your Flex. actual muscles yeah. in the mirror and just check yourself out. Mm-hmm. Check yourself out and appreciate <laughs> all that you've been through and your mm-hmm. journey. And what your body like does for you. Like every like our bodies are insane. That they can bring us every day. They're there for us and bring us through each day. So just thank them. Be like, wow. Thanks for being thanks for being the body that you are. And then like go eat something yeah because food is beautiful yeah thank you so much annie for having such an honest and open conversation with me about some of these struggles that so many of us female athletes and just women in general go through starting these conversations surrounding these topics really can just break the stigmas around them and help so many people I hope you all gain something from this and I'll see you all soon.